can't do this alone. No, I'm not insulting your capabilities. I'm being real with you because I don't want you to be held back by the glass ceiling created by ignoring the people side of your business. I've been in the trenches helping entrepreneurs navigate all those, oh shit, I'm the boss now moments. You know, the ones where you realize you're the one in charge, you're the adult in the room, but you're not in this alone. I hope the show convinces you of the dormant power of your team. Welcome to the podcast free of stuffy corporate jargon. After all, your business doesn't come with the bullshit red tape of a Fortune 500 company. Here, you'll be encouraged and motivated to test, try, fail, and fix fast. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you'll feel seen and heard. Most importantly, you'll walk away with the tools you need to pour into your team and build a thriving culture that opens up the door to the scale your business deserves. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Oh shit, I'm the boss now. Today we are bringing in some lawyers into the mix. I guess one lawyer in particular, as I always say on the show, whenever I give advice, I'm like, I am not an attorney. Make sure you consult with an attorney. And today we're doing just that. Um, Today we have a really amazing guest, Carly Wanos on the show. She is a Florida employment attorney and is the owner and founder of the Wanos Law Firm. She partners with businesses to help navigate their business needs while providing practical legal advice, counseling, and training in furtherance of the prevention of employment lawsuits. I love her Instagram page. She provides so much valuable information. Make sure you check her out. Information's in the show notes. Carly also provides individualized coaching services to companies who need guidance on employment matters such as hiring, firing, and employment audits to make sure the company is in compliance with employment laws. She's a workplace investigator, mediator, and also the host of a podcast called the Employment Experience Podcast. On the show, she discusses current HR and employment law topics, and she's also the creator of several on-demand self-paced courses for HR professionals and supervisors and managers on best practices to avoid employee disputes and lawsuits. Today on the show, we talk all about the proper way to legally terminate someone and things to think about when you are ready to terminate someone. And I think this is the perfect um, addition to the previous episode we recorded um, as she goes into a lot of the legal details and defines what um, to look out for and what are risky areas. So, so excited to dig in and I'm excited for you to meet Carly. Well, Carly, thank you so much for coming on to the show and thanks for sharing your wisdom. I'm so excited to dive in with you today. Thanks for for jumping on with me. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Um, and you are one of, um, I feel like all of my friends now I meet on the internet, which is so funny. Um, and, and such like a, I guess if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I would never have thought that I would be meeting friends across the country through Instagram or TikTok, but you are one of those. And, and both of my lawyer friends, my newest lawyer friends I've met on, on social media. So it's been really fun following you and, and love the stuff that you put out there. So thank you so much for making the jump to entrepreneurship. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, I totally agree with you. And and for me, when I say my online friends, it's, I mean, we everybody that we meet on social media, you get to know them through their posts. I mean, you do become quote unquote friends, but you've never met in person before. So it's it's such an interesting um, concept, but I, I definitely um, can appreciate that way of networking. 
Awesome. Well, before we dive in, can you give listeners just a little cliff note story of your background and how you came to have your own practice and be, you know, a, a digital entrepreneur? Absolutely. So I am an employment attorney. I've been practicing for 15 years in Florida. Um, I represent mostly businesses with regard to their employment matters. So when they, um, you, you know, are new companies or they're hiring um, employees, there are a lot of employment laws that they need to navigate and follow. Um, and so Early on in my career, I was working at a big law firm. I had the opportunity to choose any area of law that I wanted to choose. Um, and very early on, I chose employment law. I absolutely love the practice. I'm happy to say that. There's always something new. There's always something interesting. And you're actually able to help people. And a lot of um, attorneys, I think, will just tell you the law and what you can do under the law. But I think it's really important to know in this area that you are dealing with people. And so it's important to take, you know, there's certain emotions that need to come into play. It's not just um, the law and what the law allows. So I love doing that as well. That's awesome. It's so true. I mean, I feel like so many, in my experience, you know, in HR, so many employee issues that turn into legal issues are really just miscommunications or a lack of knowing how to have a conversation or, um, there's obviously some like lacking knowledge of, of laws, but a lot of it's like the, just the human relations piece. So it's so true what you, what you just shared for sure. Absolutely. Um, misunderstandings, ability to communicate, leadership, how to lead. Those are all big ones right now because a lot of um, employees and managers are being promoted without this leadership training. So it's it's really important um, to have that as well. It it's all falls under the umbrella of HR and employment law. Totally, totally. Well, really excited to dig into to a topic with you today that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, well, not I think, I know a lot of entrepreneurs get really nervous about and really scared about. And I think it also makes them maybe not grow a team as fast as they want to because they're afraid of what happens if they have to fire someone or if the person doesn't work out. And on my, you know, there's a lot of episodes um, on the show about how to have performance conversations, give feedback and, and do a lot of those things. And also an episode about how to kind of the step-by-step -step on how to terminate someone from like a logistical perspective. But what I really am excited to dive in with you today is how to do, how to legally terminate someone and how to do it you know, while following the, the law and also just having good human decency. And I know that's something that you, you share a lot about. So I guess what I'd love to dig into first is what do you think is the most important thing that somebody knows about terminating or maybe the first thing that they should think about, um, you know, when they're thinking about needing to, to terminate someone or end their employment? Right. So a lot of times the relationship that just isn't going to work out, right? Um, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but when you do finally realize as a business owner that you need to terminate one of your employees, hopefully this is not the first time that this employee is hearing that there's a problem, right? There's going to be a couple of steps before that that need to be done in the form of like we alluded to earlier, communication, um, documentation, performance reviews. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but I think 
where you would start, one of the biggest misconceptions is the at-will employment. A lot of people and business owners and employees are familiar with that term. If you are in an at-will employment state, you can terminate someone for any reason or no reason at all. However, that does not insulate the company from liability, right? You're not completely protected just because you have an at-will employee. So the catch here is that you can terminate at any time for any reason or no reason. You don't even have to give a reason as long as it's not illegal. And what does that mean? As long as it's not discriminatory or retaliatory. And so a lot of times you want to work with the employee to see if they can stay with the company, if it's going to work out in the long run. Turnover costs are really, really high. I think one of the statistics that I saw recently is it costs the average employer one and a half times the employee's annual salary in a turnover cost if you decide to terminate the employee. So sometimes, like I mentioned, you do have to terminate. So just be aware. And I always say, you know, reach out to your employment attorney and go through if you do have to terminate an employee and say, what is the risk of doing this? And they'll be able to walk you through certain questions and certain steps and see if there is a risk of terminating or if it's less risky and you've been having performance issues with this particular employee and you're, you essentially are left with no choice and you have to terminate. Mm -hmm, for sure. I think it's interesting. You mentioned something that really just kind of hit home for me on something that I've never actually said on the podcast, but you, you mentioned it shouldn't be the first time you've had the conversation with them and to think about, is there a different place in the business that they, or a different way they could stay with the company? And I do think as a boss, the moment somebody's having performance concerns, I think you should look internally first, like reflect on your leadership. Like, have you set them up with what they need? Have you given them clear direction? You know, really think about that. Um, now, a lot of entrepreneurs maybe wait too long to to make a decision, right? There's that that saying, hire slow, fire fast. So it's like balancing those two can be, can be tricky for sure. But you're definitely spot, I mean, I agree with you 100%. Like, Think about, is there a way they could stay with the company um, before just jumping to termination for sure? Um, and sometimes that's ultimately what has to happen, right? Right. And and that's you know typically what we like to look into first. Um, like I mentioned, the high turnover rate, right? You, you terminate somebody, you have to go through the process of finding someone to replace them. Then if you have more than one employee, you have the issue of a decrease in morale that might happen when you're terminating somebody in addition to the potential for a lawsuit. So yeah, I mean, always try to um, kind of work through the issue. This is where the communication comes into play. Find out what the issue is. Do they need some sort of change or adjustment in the way that they are doing their task um, so that they can eventually be successful, right? Is this a personality conflict where they just um, can't work with a certain person? Do they need to move to a different department, right? Communicate, find out exactly what the issue is and see if there's any way that you can help or um, change this situation around so the person can stay in the long run. I always like to try that first. Um, of course, there are always situations where, you know, it's not in the best interest of the company to do so. Um, and of course, you know, that's that's when you have to proceed with a, with a termination sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, Let's say that they've decided, you know, it's time to, to terminate this person. Um, I know there's some 
You mentioned you have to make sure it's not for an illegal reason. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what those two things mean, discrimination and retaliatory, and, and what they should look at and, and think about um, as it relates to both of those? Exactly. And I have a free resource and I'm happy to provide the link um, to you um, to provide your listeners, but it basically takes you through step-by-step what I'm going to go over with you right now. Um, And it's, it's the things that the questions that I ask my clients when they call me and say, Carly, I need to terminate this employee. Um, is it risky to do so? These are the type of questions that I go through. So the main one is that you're going to look at whether or not there's going to be a retaliation claim when there's a termination. And the way to do that is to determine if there has recently been some sort of protected activity that the employee has engaged in. And these are things like, um, did they recently request protected leave, a medical leave under the Americans with Disabilities Act? Um, That's a a federal law or the FMLA, which is the Family Medical Leave Act for employers with more than 50 employees. Has there been a recent complaint of harassment? That is a protected activity, which would trigger a potential retaliation claim. If they've recently complained, look, my coworker is harassing me. I need you to look into it. You probably don't want to terminate them the next week or really the next month. Um, and if and, and sometimes um, clients come to me and say, look, this person has complained, but they've been doing a really bad job. What do we do? I mean, we, we want to terminate them for doing a bad job. There are things that your employment lawyer can help you with, and that's mostly documentation and making sure that you're having those communications and um, ensuring that you have the proper documentation in place to protect the company if, if you do need to hire somebody that has recently complained about discrimination um, or harassment, rather. Um, A whistleblower, have they recently said that um, your company is doing something illegal, that they're breaking the law, that they're not um, following certain policies that your company is required to follow? Um, There might be a potential whistleblower retaliation claim. Um, I think that that pretty much covers, oh, workers' comp. Was there a recent injury? Um, and they they um, applied for workers' comp, that would be a protected activity such that if they were terminated shortly thereafter, you might be exposed to a, a possible retaliation claim. So those are kind of things that you want to look for. And under the medical issues that I mentioned, the Americans with Disabilities Act and the FMLA, things that you're going to want to look for there that you would be able to identify as a business owner is, has there been a disclosure of a medical issue recently, right? Did they recently tell you that they have a medical issue or even a mental condition such as depression or anxiety? Um, Something like that. Those terms get used quite frequently in the workplace. So when you hear that, just that should set off a trigger in your mind that there is a potential for this type of claim and a potential retaliation claim if you do um, terminate that person, if, if they do make that type of request. Great. This resource will be so good. Can you dial or peel back the onion a little bit more and even just just like define what retaliation means for listeners? Because there's, I bet there's some that don't they, they may kind of understand what that means, but also not entirely. Can you just define that quick for listeners? Sure. So retaliation is when a company takes an, it, the legal term is adverse action, 
um, against an employee who has engaged in a protected activity. And so we just went through what the protected activities are. And an adverse action is something like a termination. Um, So terminating someone who has engaged in one of these activities, that's retaliatory. But it also includes things like um, a demotion, or a change in salary or a decrease in salary or a substantial change in hours that the employee has to work or shift location or type of shift that they're working. So really any negative change um, that's you know of, of substance and actually has an effect on the employee could be that adverse action. Um, under the law, and so a lot of people just think it's a it's a termination, right? You you can't be um, liable for retaliation unless you fire somebody, but that's not true. So really, as a business owner, any time that you are making a change to an employee's position, salary, hours, um, if you are taking away their management role, right? Um, just go through that kind of checklist that we went through. And again, I can provide the link um, to make sure that there have been none of these other issues within the past, the, the timing that the courts say is, I think the past four months. Okay. Um, because then there's going to be that causal connection between the two, which would which would potentially expose the company to a retaliation claim. And these, what you just described are, um, Nate, like federal stuff, not just state specific things, correct? Right. So these are federal laws. The Americans with Disabilities Act, the Family Medical Leave Act, those are federal laws. Title VII is the federal law that covers discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. But there are absolutely state counterparts. A lot of states um, mimic and follow the federal law. Some states like California have uh, more expansive laws. Um, Yep. So any specific, I think most of the laws with regard to harassment, discrimination, and retaliation and the the ADA actually are very similar. Their state counterparts are very similar. Um, But absolutely, you're definitely going to want to check with your state with regard to specific questions there. Awesome. Okay. So we went over the retaliation claims. What, What about the discriminatory claims? Um, the discrimination claims, which would trigger a, a retaliation type claim if there was a complaint of discrimination, and words that you're going to look out for is if someone's being treated unfairly, because employees use that word to mean I'm being singled out, I'm being discriminated against, I'm being treated differently because I am a female, because I am uh, Hispanic, African-American, because of my religion, right? Those are all of the protected classes um, that people would claim that they are discriminated against. So under the retaliation umbrella, you would look for um, complaints of discrimination with regard to um, those categories. Okay. Awesome. That resource is going to be so helpful. We'll definitely put it in the show notes, um, a good little checklist to go through. Um, okay. So I, I, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself cause I know you, you have so much information on this, but like, let's say that they've, they've gone through that and they really feel as though none of that is going to come back to haunt them. Or maybe we go over what happens if they do something does kind of trigger that, I guess, um, where, where do you think we should start in, in talking about next steps? 
So next steps, if, if something, if, if you consult with your HR professional or your employment lawyer and they say, um, yes, there is a risk of proceeding with the termination, it all, it all depends on what it is. Because sometimes as a business owner, you're willing to take on that risk, right? Mm, if this yeah. person is um, damaging your company reputation, if this person is stealing from you, um, if, the, if this person is placing other employees' uh, well-being in danger and it is a safety issue, right, those types of things, even though it is, let's say it's risky to terminate that person, a lot of times you have to take on the risk because the risk of keeping them employed um, outweigh, outweighs the risk of potentially terminating them. So that's something that you'll have to look out for. Um, but if you are going if – it's, if it's too risky um, – Something that you might want to do is the passage of time, right? Because like I said, for retaliation claims, I think it's at that four-month mark. So if you can wait a couple more months, also make sure that you have your documentation in place. And I know you covered this in one of your other podcast episodes, um, but a lot of it is communication and then documenting that conversation. Because in an employment lawsuit, a lot of what happens is he said, she said, right? You said this. No, I didn't. He said this. No, I didn't. I never got that. You never did that. So the documentation is to protect the business and avoid some of these he said, she said back and forth. It's also to um, make sure that everybody is on the same page. So when you have an employee who is messing someone up, something up or not doing the task properly, if you have a meeting with them and you set the expectations and say, look, th these, this is what we expect of you. Um, your, you need to improve and meet items A, B, C, and D within this time period. I would always give a time period or a deadline um, because then you can kind of tr keep track of it and it's not a moving target that you lose track of, right? Um, make sure that you are having those conversations with them. Make sure that there is an understanding because as I mentioned at the beginning, you never want to have a surprise termination unless it's some extenuating circumstance. Because what's going to happen typically, I have found, when you have a surprise termination is they're more likely to proceed with a lawsuit. Um, when somebody is terminated, they have an incentive, unfortunately, to sue the company. It's very easy to file a charge with the EEOC. It is free. They don't need an attorney to do so. Um, and they are out of a job, right? So there's there's really an incentive. They need to do something because they don't have that um, income coming in that they need to replace. So um, always, always kind of go through um, these steps and, and make sure that you have your conversations in place. That's one of the things um, that I have found that most employees sue over is they don't feel heard. They don't feel that anybody um, investigated their issue or looked into their issue or met with them that when there was a concern. They were blindsided by the termination. They had a bad toxic manager that they just really didn't like, right? And so a lot of these things can be avoided if there's a conversation, documentation of expectations, and communication going forward. Do you have any best practices of like, let's say you meet with the person via video or in person? How, what is your recommendation on how to quote unquote document that, right? Because it's just out there in the world of a conversation. Like how do you suggest that people actually document those? So you will want to have a form document for, um, you can call it really anything you want. You can call it a write-up. 
you know, that's a little bit of a negative connotation. Um, You can call it a, um, I mean, you can really just call it a meeting. So you're going to have this form. It's going to have the employee's name. Um, Make sure to include the date because timing is really important. And without the date, we don't know when this conversation took place. Um, Make sure to include what was discussed during the call. Um, Make sure to include the expectations going forward, right, and be as specific as possible. So if they are not meeting their quota, if they did something they're not supposed to be doing, make sure to include that and include what they should be doing instead, right? Don't just put what they didn't do, but what the expectation is, what they should be doing instead. And then the deadline. We expect for you to meet these this quota um, within this time period or else, and then you're going to al- always have that um, language at the bottom. If, if you don't, then unfortunately it could result in further disciplinary action, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're going to take that. You um, can prepare it ahead of time or you can prepare it after the fact. And hopefully best practices would be to get them to sign it um, to acknowledge that the that the meeting took place, because believe it or not, I have had many many cases that turned on whether or not this meeting actually took place, or whether somebody just made the form up after the fact. So if you have the employee sign, not necessarily agreeing with you know their policy violation, but signing it, acknowledging that the conversation was had, and put that in their file, um, then then that will certainly be helpful for the defense. Yeah. Is it enough to just email a copy of that and just, you know, per our conversation, you know, sending this over and like send that in an email to them? Is that enough? Yeah, you can send it in an email. Um, I would just make sure that you have all of the information in there. Okay. Great. Uh, That's great advice. Yeah. Um, And actually an email is not a bad idea because then there's really – less of a discrepancy as to whether or not they received it, right? If you emailed it directly to them. And the dates there, um, it definitely can feel a little uncomfortable to send that email, but um, that's what I, so I guess I'm asking more for me because that's what I coach people to do. So I'm like, okay, am I right or am I wrong? So that was really more the question. Yeah. And and a lot of times, you know, you can make it sound less formal. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually think that that's better sometimes. Um, because then people get very offended and, um, you know, (laughs) not, not as much legal jargon and talk, um, is, is better sometimes. So for sure. I would agree. Um, and I think sometimes just seeing it in writing is like, oh shit, they were serious. Like (laughs) this is a big deal. Um, for sure. Yes. Uh, And you can also put in there, you know, we, um, you know, kind of language saying we, we would love to continue the relationship. We would love to help you work the, work through this with you. We would love to assist you with, with whatever you need going forward or something like that, you know, so they know that they're still wanted and you do want them as part of the team and you're trying to help them rather than you're setting them, them up for something. Because, um, I, I think that puts, puts people off too sometimes. I think another question listeners might have at this point is like, okay, so I have this conversation. I tell them that what needs to happen what's the, what's recommended in terms of of like a timeline? Like how much time should I give them to improve if I already know they're not going to improve, right? Like I just want to terminate them. Like how much time should I give them to, to improve the situation? So that's going to be on a case by case basis. 
as far as your company as a whole, um, the task that they're not meeting, right? So you'll have to decide um, how long is a reasonable amount of time for them to improve or meet their quota or change um, whatever they're doing wrong. If if they are arriving late, right? If that's what they're written up for, um, continual late arrival. I mean, they really shouldn't. They should stop immediately, unless there's some other issue going on, and that's going to be part of what you discuss at the meeting, right? Is there some sort of issue going on that we need to know about? Are you having some sort of? And you're not going to ask them this necessarily, but is there is there any issue going on? How can we help you to arrive on time? They're potentially going to disclose, well, I'm taking this medication. I have this medical issue, right, which would potentially trigger an ADA issue. Um, but at least you'll know what what the issue is and you'll be able to work through that with them. If they say, no, I'm just arriving late, they really shouldn't arrive late at all going forward, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's something that that should be changed immediately. If it's something like a quota or being able to meet certain standards, it might take some time to build back up to that. You know, so you just kind of have to see on a case by case basis exactly what they're doing. My um, what what I kind of default towards is the lower amount of time you know, like erring on the side of not as much time, you obviously want to give them a reasonable amount of time. You don't want to, you know, get have to write them up again because they, they didn't have enough time. But the more time you allow it to go on, um, in my experience, nothing really good comes of that. It just further compounds. It turns into more issues. Um, they slip and fall and now you have a workers' comp claim that you have to deal with, mm, right? I mean, yes. there's just a, a potential for other things to go wrong and happen. So – Okay. Unfortunately, there's so, not a, a definitive answer on that one. Yeah. So reasonable amount of time, like let's call it two weeks to three, like a month maybe um, is probably where people typically fall. Right. Um, Unless they're constantly late, then no more. Right. Then tomorrow, <laughs> if you're late, you're fired. Um, oh my gosh. When I, I used to work at Lululemon and it was our biggest thing, like if you were late by a minute, three times you were fired. And I actually had to fire someone for it. It was the oh, no. worst ever, but nobody was late because they knew if they were late three times, they were fired. And so people were not late. But So were they allowed to clock in early though? Because I mean, I would think it's, you're shaking your head. No, they weren't allowed to clock in early. It's hard to get there exactly on time, right? Like, would, yeah, I think they could clock in that? like up to like ten minutes early or something like okay. that. Um, it's been a while; I can't remember, but I think it was like about ten minutes early or something. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. The late thing, I'll never understand. Like, it's the I actually whenever you have to fire someone for being late, I'm like, great, this is easy, <laughs> right? Because right. it's not personal, really, at exactly. that point, you know. Exactly, it's the clock's uh. fault. Well, I know that we're kind of getting close on time. I guess, is there anything else about this topic that you think is super critical that people know? Yes. So one last thing that I wanted to touch on, if you do have to terminate somebody, is consider severance agreements. And severance agreements are documents that you it's, – it's an exchange of a benefit, typically a monetary benefit, um, in exchange for the employee signing a release of all claims against the company. And the benefit is really to both sides, the employer and the employee. 
um, the employee has just been terminated. They might need some financial assistance to bridge the gap to their next job and pay some of their bills. And in exchange, the company is getting um, their, their release. They have the peace of mind to know that a year from now, they're not going to get sued um, by the employer. So by the employee rather. Um, so it's really great um, for both but for both parties, in my opinion, to at least explore. And I do have another free resource for you. I just, awesome. it's, it's really, it's called, um, how to determine severance amount and what that's to include so in the good. severance agreement. Right. Because that's, and you know, I made these free resources based upon the calls that I get from my clients. I get a lot of calls on, okay, we want to offer a severance, um, package, how much do we offer, right? And you kind of want to hit that number right in the sweet spot because you want them to accept it. As a business owner, you don't want to overpay, obviously, but the goal is is for them to accept it so you want to offer enough so it entices them to sign. And so I will also give you the link for that, how to determine the amount and what to include in the agreement. But really quickly, things that you would include in the agreement are going to be very beneficial to your company if they sign. Things like... Um, no admission of liability, right? You are not admitting by the payment of money that you've done anything wrong. Confidentiality. They can't go and tell all of their friends or all their coworkers that you've just paid them money, right? Um, Non-disparagement clause. They can't talk badly about the company after they leave. So um, these are all things that are typically really important and valuable to the company and um, something that I always like for um, my clients to at least at least consider. How do you have a percentage of do mo, a lot of your clients do a, um, provide severance? I feel like they're every time I've worked with um, leaders, some take a hard stance. I'm like, no, they're not performing. I'm not giving them anything. And some are like, yes, let's get it. Like I've also had some employment attorneys be like, get a severance for every single person. Um, I'm curious at your experience with either spectrum of those. Yeah, it really, really depends on the company and how much risk they are, you know, how risk adverse they are. Some companies say, I want this to be a done deal. I don't want to have to worry about it a year down the road. Like, let's figure out how to get this signed. And then some companies do take the stance that you just said. They're saying, absolutely not. They're doing a terrible job. But that's where the amount comes into play, the the amount that you're offering. Um, because if they're doing a terrible job and you have all the documentation to support, you know, the termination and you can pay them a small amount of money, right? Because they were really doing a bad job in exchange for this release, in exchange for the peace of mind. Um, I think that that's something that, that is a pretty good trade-off, even if you, you don't think you've done anything wrong, right? They were doing a terrible job. So, but it, it's definitely, it depends on the company. It depends on the yeah. circumstances for sure. HR and employment law is always, it depends. It depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends. It depends. I know. I know. Well, Carly, thank you so much for sharing this, this information. Um, I think, I mean, I learned a lot of stuff. I'm going to take advantage of these free resources for, for when I need to coach some folks on this. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to just explain some of this stuff because I know it's scary for a lot of a lot of managers, a lot of business owners, the idea of having to terminate someone, it can be scary for sure. Um, so thanks for, for walking everyone through it and, and giving some insights. Um, where, where can listeners learn more about your business, about your resources and about you? Well, I'm very active on social media, so you can follow me really wherever you know, you are on social media. I'm on um, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. 
um, you can, my law firm is at wanoslaw.com and that's for Florida legal services. I'm also a workplace investigator. If you need an investigation into, um, you know, a, a claim of harassment or something of that nature. Um, and then for my free resources, I also have online on-demand trainings for HR and businesses on some of these employment issues. Um, because a lot of times, you know, if you're a small company, you don't have an HR department, you don't have a, a, um, dedicated HR person and you just don't know the employment law. So I have on-demand trainings for both the company and the, um, manager, because let's face it, the manager, the supervisor is the one on the front line making these decisions for the employees. Um, on my educational website, it's carlywanos.com and I can give you those links as well. Awesome. And that's where the freebies will be. Awesome. Yeah. We'll definitely drop those in the show notes for sure. Um, Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm sure we will have other topics to, to dive into and, and it's always great to have a a resource on the legal side. So I'm so grateful that um, you came on to the show for our listeners. Absolutely. It was great chatting with you and thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much. And listeners, go grab her free resources. They will, you never know when you're going to need them. So have them ready to go because if you're hiring people, you will find yourself in a position that you have to terminate someone. It's just part of being a boss. So be ready and be prepared so it doesn't seem so scary when you have to do it. It gets, I don't know that I would say terminating people gets easier, but you do become more comfortable with it um, the more times that you do it and when you feel prepared. So go check out her free resources and follow her on Instagram. Um, I definitely love the videos and the stuff you share. So thanks everyone. And we will talk to you again soon. If you're not driving, stop and take a moment to share this episode with someone who you thought about while listening, share it with your team to show them you're committed to their growth, share it with a fellow business owner in your network who, you know, will be moved by the message. Heck share it with your mother, your brother, your sister, or your cousin, your support in growing the show means the world to me.